you know, we're scared, we're worried. It's not just, uh, you know, for ourselves, you know, we have families and the people we work with and train with, there's, there's, you know, we know them really well. But now is the time for us to dig deep and say, I had this feeling, that's okay. But what can I do to fight another day? And, and that's a real martial artist or, you know, a fighter's attitude. Ladies and gentlemen. Hi, everybody. Good evening. Are you ready? Keep this frequency clear. I know you're going to dig this. Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Check, check it out. You're listening to the Martial Arts Media Podcast, where you, the martial arts school owner, gets insider tips and secrets from leading experts to help you build a more profitable martial arts business. Now, here's your host, the founder of martialartsmedia.com, George Faree. This podcast episode is the audio version from a video that was published on martialartsmedia.com. For the full episode, to download the transcript and get all the show notes, head over to martialartsmedia.com. Enjoy. Hey, this is George Free, and welcome to another Martial Arts Media Business Podcast. So I'm joined today with a special guest, uh, Peter Graham. And uh, Peter Graham, we were having a chat the other day. So just recently... Um, we got started working together in, in our partners group and we've been having a few calls and we had a few chats about obviously right now, depending on when you're listening to this, but the current pandemic and the situation. And we, just, we were having real interesting conversations about us being martial artists. And now Peter's experience and credentials go two miles further than mine, than mine do, but the real conversation got going about the martial arts mindset. Now, Peter is a real successful martial arts school owner, and I'm going to get him to share a bit of his credentials right now because I, I, I couldn't keep track of all of them. And we're going to chat about just dealing with the now, how our martial arts mindset can benefit us in this current situation and wherever this conversation goes. So welcome to the call, Peter. Thanks, George. Uh, you know, the easiest way to say who I am is uh, I am a martial artist. I, I come from a karate background, a kyokushin background. Uh, I was at Uchideshi, so I lived in Japan uh, doing karate. And that moved on from one thing to another to another. Basically, the whole uh, I mean, a Budo experience, you know, I just wanted to fight all the time and the best people I could fight. So not unlike a lot of you know, karate or taekwondo guys and girls. Uh, you know, they always go to lots and lots of tournaments. And, you know, if you keep winning, I guess you try to find ones that are even more up the pay scale, so to speak. So I have uh, uh, also have a black belt in Kempo Karate, BJJ, for about mm, 10 years, 10 or 11. Well, the last couple of years, I haven't really been focused on it. Uh, I was pro, uh, pro MMA, so I made it to the finals of the Bellator. Lost to Czech Congo in the finals, but that's okay. He's a good guy. Yeah, I can, I can deal with losing to him. <laughs> Uh, made the K1 Grand Prix, uh, which is top eight, Oceania champion, you know, six kickboxing world titles, Thai boxing world title, boxing world title. But really, that's, that was just uh, part of being a martial artist, part of me trying to be the best I could be. And it's, it was the whole, I guess, a, a word that people use all the time at the moment is mindset. So along my path to where I, thought I wanted to go or where I thought I needed to be, there were blocks, depending on you know which uh, 
you know, which country I was in or what was happening in the political climate. The economic downturn of 2008, uh, you know, really killed K1. And, you know, it's there's always something. But instead of throwing my hands up in the air and saying, ah, I always look for something else to do. As a fighter, there's different organisations in different countries. So I just always kept on looking for that next opportunity. And I guess that really brings us to where we are now. I mean, with the current situation, you know, all schools are closed down. And, uh, you know, I see a lot of people really panicking and stressed out, and I understand that. You know, this complete lack of finances is stressful. But in, in this time, you know, it'll really show the people who take the mindset of a martial artist, anyone who has a black belt, whether it took them two years or 20 years to get it, has that ability to see into the future, knowing that the hard work they put in now can repay later on. You know, the success of you know, earning a black belt is a huge thing for a lot of people. And, of course, young martial artists, you know, some of them, it's more than half their life as a young child. And sometimes people who have been a black belt for so long or being a champ for so long or been successful so long, you know, we get a bit soft. You know, we're used to the good paychecks. We're used to the high fives and the successful meetings and the, you know, all the, all the good things and trappings that come along with that. And then we forgot how difficult it was when we first started. You know, we got some really, really great... <laughs> it's my five-year-old showing me her cut out of a car. <laughs> you know, we've got some really, really great athletes at my gym. And I tell them, I say, hey, guys, you see that, that new person down there, that, that chubby guy down there who's, you know, turning purple in the face and his lips have gone all white and he's just about to roll his eyes back? I said, he's the one who's working the hardest today. Don't forget that. You've got to outwork him every time if you want to get to be, if you want to be the champ. And, and at the moment, I think that is a massive point for successful people at the moment, for, you know, specifically in our line of uh, martial arts and combat sports, is that we have to say, hey, what was it like when I first opened the dojo? Was it always, what was it like, you know, the first time you got that big rent bill and went, how am I going to pay for that? Or, you know, you started to pay staff or insurance or whatever it was, and you went, no, no, I'm going to fight that urge to run away or throw my hands up or, or lie or cheat or steal. I'm going to do the right thing and stick to my personal principles and continue on. I remember, George, when I first opened my dojo, I was sitting on the steps inside the building. There's glass doors. You come in and there's some steps right in front. And I was sitting there with my wife. We'd been there a month. We had all of, uh, I think it was 12 or 14 students. And I said, uh, hey, Sylvia, do you think we could uh, just kind of close the doors and run away and go to Brazil? <laughs> Said, you know, I could hold out out there. No one will know me there. I'm sure. She looked at me. She said, "You know, that's not going to happen. That's not you." But we all have those urges, and it's, uh, you know, it's like the uh, the Customato said to Mike Tyson. You know, the hero and the coward both feel the same, but it's what the hero does that makes him the hero. What the cow doesn't do that makes him the cow. And I think in these situations, there's a lot of us who feel similar feelings. You know, we're scared, we're worried. It's not just, you know, for ourselves, you know, we have families, 
and the people we work with and train with, there's, there's, you know, we know them really well. But now is the time for us to dig deep and say, I have this feeling, that's okay, but what can I do to fight another day? And, and that's a real martial artist or you know, a fighter's attitude because you hit the canvas in a, in a boxing fight around anything after round six. Let me tell you, after round six, life gets very different. <laughs> you really start to get those goals become very polarised. But you hit the canvas after round six and you ask yourself, why, why the hell am I doing this? Am I going to get up and fight another day? Do I need to? Because if you're going home in a new Mercedes-Benz to your silk sheets, uh, you know, sh- uh, silk sheets, uh, you know, with your beautiful wife and you know, fantastic kids, that motivation might, may have gone. But if you don't get up to win the fight, your kids are going to miss a meal. You're going to get kicked out of your, you know, shitty apartment somewhere. Let me tell you, your motivations are different. Different people have obviously different motivations, but that's, that's the mindset that I take now. Things are good. My life is great. But I'd like to continue that. And, you know, all of us can jump up and down and complain and be grumpy at the current situation and saying, well, why don't I do this or do that? And some of us may have prepared better than others. Some of us, you know, we might have had our, our worst month ever. You might have had your best month ever. But the fight's on. And now we're really going to see the cream rise to the top. But there's some awesome, awesome things as well. You know, if this is, you know, if you're just starting out or only a few months into it or even a few years, you know, you, you're good because everything is cool. Yeah, everyone's scrambling to open online dojos. Everyone's trying all these things. What works? What doesn't work? Should I use Zoom? Should I use Skype? You know, can I do it on Facebook? Can I monetize it? How do I monetize it? You know, uh, can I stop the payments? Should I keep them? All these things we're all asking ourselves. And that's something that a real champion and a winner does. We all ask ourselves questions, right? You wake up in the morning, roll out of bed. <sighs> should I drink the whiskey or should I have a cup of coffee? <laughs> Hopefully that's not the question you ask yourself. But you say to yourself, you wake up in the morning and say, what am I going to do? Am I, am I going to get down on it? Am I, am I going to hustle? Am I going to push myself to the nth degree? Or am I going to go, hmm, I'll watch TV or, you know, see what's on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and you know, cause a problem with someone because I don't like them or I'm bored or I'm not motivated. But motivation is simple, right? It's very, very, very simple in my mind. There's the horrible part and there's a good part. The horrible part is if I stay where I am, it's going to be horrible. And the good part is, if I do what's needed to be done, it'll be awesome. You know, you want a drink of water, you're walking through the desert. If I don't get a drink of water, I'm going to die. If I get a drink of water, I'll, I'll be fine. It's very polarizing. You know, but if you're doing well in a dojo, you're doing well in your business, you're doing well in whatever, and you say, well, you know, if I keep on doing what I'm doing now, I'll do okay. And if I don't go too hard, I'll still be okay. There's nothing, you know, you're 50, you know, 50, 50, six of one, half as the other. So, but now it's very polarizing. Everyone's going, oh man, if this keeps going, I'm going to go under. So we start asking ourselves those questions. But then you ask yourself, how important is it? I've been having uh, real interesting conversations about this. And partly what I want to do, um, speaking to you is kind of bringing it home. So, uh, when this pandemic happened, I decided to reach out to other coaches and just other business owners in general with different perspectives 
facing different scenarios. Uh, first, I spoke to Jason Everett, who's a, a high-performance salon coach. And it, it, the energy he brought to the podcast was amazing. And he's, well, there's no virtual haircuts <laughs> happening. You Look how lucky you guys are. You can just pivot and run online. And then I spoke to Kylie Ryan, and Kylie Ryan uh, was all about mindset. And so I wanted to talk about decision-making and, you know, where should you be when you make the decisions? Because if you've got your head in the sand versus you are striving and got leadership focused, there's going to be two different decisions that you make. And the language that you're going to express is going to be completely different. And so the, the thing that came up with, with Kylie was, to really just find that centered place of, you know, just take a step back, breathe, and make your decisions from that point. Because if you consumed in this media and the fear, and your mind is there, and you try and make decisions, it's not going to be the right decision. So now listening to you and, and the way you've applied a lot of things with martial arts, uh, which is really bringing it full circle for me in, in who knows where the next conversation is going to take. But this is really... I think this is great for, for martial arts school owners to hear. Now, taking this fighter mindset and really applying it, and a conversation I guess I want to get to is how do you trigger yourself into that it's on? Like, what do you do as a martial artist to know that, all right, well, here's a situation, it's difficult, I've got to show up. How am I going to show up? What do I do? What is the inner self-talk that you have to yourself when you say, all right, it's game on? Yeah, that's a really good question. What I tell you exactly what I do is I start to ask myself questions. How important is this to me? How important is it that I get up this morning and start chipping away at those things? And then I ask myself more questions. What do I need to do? How much money do I need? How much money have I got? How many bills will come in? How many people do I need? How many people need me? So the more questions I ask, then the more answers I'm going to get. But there's also another little trick to it, I say, is you want to ask yourself the right questions. If I ask myself, why is coronavirus destroying my business and life? I'll probably come up with an answer if I give it enough energy. Most smart people will. And then at the end of that question, the answer will be, whatever it may be, but it'll be negative and I'll be in the same spot. But I ask myself a similar question uh, structured in a different way. How can I make sure this coronavirus is a positive thing to my business or my family? Probably going to come up with an answer. If you put the same amount of energy into it, we'll still come up with an answer. So asking yourself those questions is important that you're asking yourself the right questions. And what I mean by that, if you didn't understand it, uh, from that first explanation, Georgia is asking in a way that in the end you come up with an answer that's going to develop something and you're going to have forward momentum from it. So why is everything so bad? No, no. How can I get something good out of this bad situation? You know, where can I, you know, how come I've got no money? Got no money because I've got all these bills and got no money coming in. Okay, that's correct. You're going to answer the question, but it hasn't helped you any. How can I generate more income? Well, I heard that guy, George, he's got this thing, he's doing online, and these people, Zoom. Well, what's Zoom? You find out what Zoom is. Oh, man, that would really work for me, but how come it doesn't, you know, uh, it's, you know uh, I've never been good on, you know, you know technology stuff. How come it always has to be 
technology stuff. Well, that's not going to work either, right? We, you place the right question. How can I learn more about Zoom? I'm going to talk to my mate, George. He'll help. I'll talk to my mate, Pete. You know, I'll ask the guy down the road. So I'm always asking myself the right questions, always trying to catch myself, say, am I asking myself a question that's going to get me to go forward and have that forward momentum? Or am I going to ask the wrong question? Is this going to keep me where I am? And the other thing is, is I don't expect it to be easy. I don't expect anyone to do anything for me. I don't expect anything from anyone else. And, and, and I'm not bitter about that. It's not like I'm, you know, a whole bunch of bastards. I don't care. <laughs> That's not what it is. It's like, you know, there's, there's no self-entitlement. No one owes me anything. And, and I'm fine with that. Uh, however, there are lots of good people who all come out of the woodwork and help each other, which is great. Uh, and I see that. But knowing that it puts it on you, that emphasis on you. And I guess from being a fighter for so long, you know, you know, you can blame the coach or, you know, you had to fly economy halfway across, you know, across the planet or, you know, the, you know, you, the, you know, the airline food was shitty or hotel room was horrible or you only had a week's notice. You're going to have all these things and you'll still lose the fight. That's the reason why I lost. Or you come up with a solution. But, you know, I'm just going to be super, super careful on that flight. I'm going to make sure that I, I stretch out beforehand. Like, I'm a big guy. I'm 6'3". So flying economy halfway across the world, you know, is a tough kick. But I want to win the fight. So uh, that's the thing. I, I desperately want to win that fight. And there's a lot of other people who desperately want to win this fight. I know that I want to win it. So that way of asking those questions and coming up with a solution is, is, is what we need to do. And I say this all the time. To me, there's only two types of people. And people hear me say this again and again. Uh, but, I mean, there really is. Winners and losers. Winners make solutions. Full stop, period. Losers make excuses. There is a subcategory now. <laughs> I call it smart losers. They make reasons. Ah. Uh, the reason this isn't happening, yeah, I can see your brain thinking now, George, you think, I know lots of people like that. Oh, but George, the reason that happened was I'm a smart guy. There's these reasons why I can't succeed. Well, congratulations, you're successful at being a loser. And if you want to do that, that's fine. Some people will fight tooth and nail. But no, 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 no. There's a, so, okay, stay where you are. It's okay. But the people who truly want to be successful, and get through whatever it is, not just business, life, relationships, money. You know, they're the people who ask themselves the right questions and come up with a solution. And if the first solution doesn't work, they go for another one and then another one and then another one. And it goes back to what we were saying before. It depends how important that goal is or how important it is that you don't stay where you are. You know, sometimes just getting just out of it is important too. So even in jail and you want to break out, you're not thinking, well, I don't want to be here. I want to be in a mansion in the Bahamas. You think, I just want out. We'll reassess everything. And as soon as they get out of these, uh, out of the, you know, the bars go away and I'm out of jail. Terrible analogy, sorry. But I think people get what I'm saying, right? Totally. I mean, and I really love that because, uh, and I discovered this really, I mean, really that it hit home for me was a, a couple of years ago. And, I think it was my wife that asked me a question that I just wasn't contemplating. I was actually working part-time to build up this business. You know, I've never shared this story. Um, 
and it's a crazy thing because um, I was really embarrassed to actually talk about it because it, it was embarrassing, right? I, I've, I've been this sort of a you know, business mind and computer programming guy for so long. And then, um, and, and, you know, I moved to Australia and I was working in a sales job and it was going well. And then I wanted to start this online business. And uh, I wanted to do this online business, but I'm, it was to this, this pivot and school owners experience this, right? You've got full-time income. You're trying to go business owner. Like something's got to give, like there's got a tip. And I couldn't make this tip. So my next door neighbor walks into me and says, hey, we just bought, we just bought a milk delivery business. I was like, okay. And so they asked me to be the driver, and I was like, no way in hell will I do that. And, and it's, it's ego talking, firstly. Um, and look, uh, just from, from context, there's nothing against, obviously, doing that type of job. It was just, I just didn't feel that that was where I should spend my time. Absolutely. And, and so I, I got a few bills, and it didn't look good. And um, The milk delivery so, driver looked good. And I think, okay, so I've just got to give up sleep two nights a week and I'm going to get about an extra four, five hundred dollars a week. And I'm like, that's really going to take the edge off. That's going to make me build this business. So, so I like reluctantly said yes. And so I started doing this before long. It, I got accustomed to it, no sleeping and, and, and operating that way. And before I knew it, uh, bills got really bad. And then I was working five nights a week. My, my life was, deliver milk in buildings from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m., sleep for four hours, train martial arts, have a nap, get to work on the business, take my son to martial arts, have a nap, and, and this was my life for three, four years. And um, anyway, long story short, but uh, I was really stuck. I, I couldn't move forward because my mental capacity, I just, I was a, a walking zombie. And it wasn't until my wife just started throwing a question at me like what if what if I did it this way what if I did it that way and um, and I was so stuck in this rut for so many years and I was like oh true and and that wasn't the first time she threw a question at me that really made me think and it's it's since then that I'm really I really just take a step back because sometimes especially now you know schools are closed it's terrible but what if it's not? Like, okay, my business is closed. Okay, so so where's the opportunity here? Well, I could do something online. Okay, um, I don't want to do something online. Well, okay, well, I've, I've got a choice. I can either be out of business or an online business. Okay, so I'll be in an online business. So what's the opportunity here? Well, I can add this extra component to my school, which I never have time to do. I don't have time because I'm, George, can I stop you just there for one second? Yeah. Exactly what you did is what was needed to be done. You know, you weren't really thinking about becoming, you know, your dream job wasn't becoming a milk delivery guy. But the pain of staying where you were was too much. So you had to do something. And something came up. But then you should thank your wife. She started asking you the right questions. But also thank yourself. You know, she's asking yourself, what can I do? Well, hold on. And the reason I'm going to guess you came up with the right answer because the pain of not sleeping, which I just it sucks. One of, it, yeah, it sucks. It, it's so annoying, you know. And, and it drove you to 
what you're doing now. So that's awesome. You know, you, you've got that. And it's funny, you'll see very quickly which category people sit in when you, you just ask them a few questions. As you were, keep going. No, perfect. And I mean, it's just to add context to this, to this conversation, right? Because um, I think right now people are really being put to the test. And I kind of look at this industry, you know, what drew me to this industry was the first things I saw on the wall, respect, integrity, confidence, um, resilience, all these things. And um, if there was ever a test to display what you've been teaching, like this is it. Like how are you showing up to this? You can either bury your head in the sand, then what have you been teaching? Or you can say, well, hey, exactly. this is the battle. This is the battle we've been training for. Are you with me or are you leaving? Yeah, though this is exactly true. You know, and it's really easy, I find, to achieve big goals because I find this is a big goal. Get to the end of this and be able to open my doors and have everything go back on as per norm. But to begin with, I'm like, I have no idea. I don't know what to do. And that's exactly like a white belt. But now we're all white belts. We all, we're all sitting in that same case. We're all going, what do we do? And what happens? You either get a tip or you go for that first grading and you're scared and you're annoyed and it's frustrating or, you know, you, you don't know what to do because you didn't train hard enough or you get there and you do really well. And what happens? When do people drop out? They get their first belt and they quit. So there's going to be a whole lot of quitters at that first grading. They're going to come into that first challenge, whatever that may be, and they're going to quit. We know that because we see it. You know, you know, training is like the world, you know, into wonderful. It gives me all the answers I need. And there's going to be a few more gradings, and some will do really well. In the beginning, there's going to some who's going to be really talented. We're going to go, oh, these people are awesome. Look at their online business. But some of them will quit, and some will keep going, and some will be successful, uh, and some will be really successful, and some will fade away. Some will get a black belt and realize that's just the beginning. Others will give up before their first grading. And lots of them will come up with excuses and reasons. And that's all it is. I mean, you know, you, people looking for, you know, a big complicated answer, it's not. The amount of effort that's required to get to where we're going, you know, especially in these uncertain times, we're not even sure where it is we're going specifically. That effort might be a lot more. Just like you and your milk job, you know, 10 o'clock to 10 o'clock to 7 o'clock in the morning or something ridiculous like that? It's just crazy, yeah. <laughs> get, get cows, they have get the milk at different times. But the pain of going home to your family and saying, sorry, we're just having lunch and dinner from now on. And we're moving into my mate's caravan. That's painful. I'd hate to have to tell that yeah. to my wife. I love my house. I love my home. I love my family. Uh, and that's Again, going back to those, you know, those principles, you know, and principles of martial artists, you know, is stick to the program, you know, that intestinal fortitude, that inner strength, you know, should I go next door and rip off the guy's lawnmower and then I can sell it? That, that goes against my principles. Some, for some people, that's fine. I know that because uh, I'm home all the time, I know when they're home and when they're not home, maybe I'll go steal the whippersnipper as well and I'll be, you know, if that's where your principles lay, 
people will do that. But that's, you know, it's not me, it's not you, it's not martial artists as a whole mostly. But we all have to keep on continually to go back on what we know already as a martial artist and stick to the program and realize that we're probably going to fail a few times. We're going to stumble a few times. Uh, there's a few times we're going to walk out of the dojo or walk out of a meeting going, I just got my ass kicked. I was talking to you uh, before we jumped online uh, that I just got uh, a letter from my accountant saying, Pete, looks like you've missed one of those bass payments. <laughs> so body punch, zero income. Hey, the tax department want a real big check from you, Pete. I either have to pay for it or, you know, I, I lie down and go, oh, I give it. But I'll come up with a solution because the idea of doing anything else, not because I'm particularly, what's the word, particularly fond of the Australian Taxation Department, it's I'll pay the bill and I'll get it done because I'm fond of where I'm at. And the other option is certainly not going to happen. And once you have that mindset that I'll either win or I'll be dead, You'd be surprised what you can achieve. Most people don't want to have that commitment to anything, right? Most people are like, oh, I'm pretty good. You know, if I get this job, I, I, you know, I put in the effort there and I'll do this and <clears throat> it'll be all right. I'm scared to take that risk. I understand that. I don't want to mess up what I already have. You know, why do you think so many great fighters come from shitty areas and shitty homes and, you know, or not even that, you know, from street kids. So it's because you've got nothing to lose. No one's saying to you, George, if you fuck this up, mate, <laughs> you're going to end up with nothing. You know, so, well, Pete, I've got nothing already. So sky's the limit. But when you've already got a whole bunch of nice things, it can be harder. You know, you're, you're just like, oh, you know, you, you, you can be paralyzed with fear. Say, I don't, I don't want to lose any of this if I, if I bet too much. I could, I could lose. I don't want to lose. So I'm just going to keep on that, that small track. But now, now we're all being forced to bet everything. You're either all in or you're all out. So on that, Peter, where does your drive come from? Like what made you a successful fighter? What was that thing that lit a fire under you that you really wanted that success and still wanted continuous moving forward in business and life? You know what, when I was a, a kid, I moved around a lot. And I went to lots of different schools and I was a nobody to everybody. Uh, and I didn't like that. Uh, I wasn't uh, good at uh, making friends because I was always the new kid. Uh, and I'm talkative and I got lots of energy and I get really excited. So when you're the new kid who's really talkative and excited about things, I think this guy's clearly crazy. Uh, you know, every three to four months since I was about know, 12 or 13, uh, I had to move. Uh, I lived in youth refuges. And then I, I, used, to, I used to lie all the time. I used to, oh, yeah, I've got this and I've got that. My dad's this, my mom's that. Clearly my mom wasn't this and my dad wasn't that. Uh, and I didn't have anything. Didn't have uh, friends because you know, that would mean you'd have to be somewhere for a long period of time. Uh, I didn't have family. I uh, certainly didn't have any money, and I had no education at all. And for a while, when I was young, it was like, oh, well, you know, you just carry on. 
then after a while you get sick of it. Now, unfortunately, most kids who grow up like I think refugees and street kids and you know what they call homeless and refugees and stuff, even in awesome places like Australia, they end up alcoholics, drug addicts, criminals, and their lives are horrible. And that was all around me. And uh, I certainly didn't want that. I remember one day, this is a, a story that really shows where I just said, this has got to change. This particular time, I was living in a, uh, uh, I was living in a big storm water drain, a place called Eastwood, a couple uh, suburbs outside of Sydney. Uh, the reason I was living there, not in the city where most street kids live, or in the train yards and stuff like that, is because I was scared. Because when I was a kid, a real young kid, I actually come from a nice area. I won't go into the backstory of how everything went horribly wrong. So I wasn't, you know, everyone I ever met who was a street kid, you know, you know oh, my dad's a criminal and my mom's this and, you know, everyone could fight and everyone's tough, and, but I wasn't that guy. And uh, uh, it was my little sister's birthday, so I said, you know what, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a big graffiti piece. Now, I was too scared to do it on a train or on a public wall, but inside this uh, big stormwater drain, I thought I could do it there and, you know, probably not going to get in too much trouble. Uh, to show you the type of kid I was, I, I saved up and bought the paint. <laughs> no respect, I know. Anyway, so, uh, you know, I, I sprayed on the wall and it looked absolutely terrible. So I decided, uh, this is ridiculous. And it's possibly one of the lowest points of my life, especially at that time. No friends, no family. I wasn't going to school, no money. I said, you know what, I'm going to become a criminal. Now, down the road, there was a big sports store with a big plate glass window, and I went, you know what, if I go up there, because I've always been a pretty big kid, uh, I'll pick up this big uh, terracotta pot and I'll throw it through the window, take all the sports athletic gear, and I'll walk around, I'll look real cool. So I go over there, I stash my st uh, stuff in my stormwater drain. Just outside of it was a bunch of trees, so I put it under there, or bushes, and I went over there, it was, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning, no one around, and I pick up this you know, this big terracotta pot, and I throw it in this place, uh, plate glass window <laughs> and it bounces off, shatters into a million pieces, you know, uh, and then all the alarms and bells and whistles, everything just go, and I'm like, what? So I run off and I run back and I, and I jump in my, uh, I, I jump down, I jump over the fence and then go down into where the big stormwater drain is. And I remember sitting there going, this is ridiculous. I, I can't even be a criminal. You know, what does everybody say? You keep going like that, George, you're going to end up a criminal. I couldn't, I, I wasn't, didn't even have the ability to end up as a criminal. Uh, I was, I was shattered. I was, it was like, I am good at absolutely nothing and no one gives a shit. And I remember sitting there just contemplating my life and how crap it was. <laughs> and I said, it's got to be something. Something's got to be there. And uh, I said to the universe, I said, make me good at something, anything. I'll take anything. At this point, I'll take anything. You know, if you're a religious person, maybe ask God or whatever. And uh, at that point then, absolutely nothing happened. I didn't have a, a moment of clarity. <laughs> I didn't have some deep insight. Absolutely nothing happened. Nothing happened at all whatsoever for another four years. But what did happen was I started searching. 
I've got to be good at something. I've got to be good at something. Something's I've got to be. And for me, I could hear it ticking in my head. You're going to run out of time, Pete. You're going to run out of time. You're going to end up like everybody else. You better hurry up. You better find your thing. Uh, you know, I didn't have much self-confidence, you know, for a lot of reasons. Most of it was because I kept failing everything because i go to school for a couple of months and then the next school would have the same thing or then they'd have something completely different. And then after a while, you just give up. You know, so, oh. uh, and on top of that, I got ADD, attention deficit disorder, which means concentrating on anything for more than a split second is normally kind of tough. But what I do have, and I had it in buckets, is I had a desire. I said, where I am now is so shit. I didn't have any guidance, no one saying, well, what you should do, Pete, you should do this and see that person or do that person. Go talk to George, he'll help you out. It's, you know, none of that. You know, I'd like to say that, you know, there was, uh, there was some great insight from other people along the, on the road, uh, along the road, but there wasn't. It was just that same shitty feeling of feeling like I was invisible. I go to a school and it wouldn't matter if I turn up or didn't turn up, you know, whether I was late or wasn't late. It didn't matter. And I wanted to matter. I wanted every. I wanted to be famous. I said, I want to be famous. I want to have something, anything. And that desire just kept burning into me. And then the day happened. I had a fight with this guy. I was in a refuge at this time, and I'd made my lunch. It was the last of my food, and I was walking back into the common room to watch the TV. And I wasn't allowed to watch the TV with my food. You know, there was no food in there. And this guy, Brad, said as I was holding my plate of uh, four sandwiches. Uh, he goes, you, you're not allowed to eat in the common room. I went, boom! And all my food went everywhere, and I just lost my mind. <laughs> Let's just say Brad and I didn't stay friends for much longer, and I got kicked out. I was so angry, too, because, like, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. This guy, you know, it was, I was, what was he doing? He's blaming I was so angry and I didn't want to move because I was living in this great house in North Sydney, in Sydney, which is a great affluent area. And I thought it made people uh, think that I had money. So, you know, I thought it was really cool. I said, no, you got to go. And they took me uh, and I said, we've got this other place because I was about 17. They said, you can go there. And it's kind of, you know, it's not a halfway house. It's like moving from from being what they call young homeless to being young and unemployed it really kind of sets you up there uh anyway but every day they, they moved me there it was great i went, oh this is cool but i used to go down and uh to the bottle because you know me and my friends would go get drunk and hang out i used to still smoke cigarettes at that stage when i was a kid i used to go past his karate dojo and i went that's what i'll do i'll do that i think i wanted to do taekwondo because I thought the flag was better. Japanese flag, just the red dot. The Korean flag, you know, the cool little words and the yin-yang. I thought that was a bit cool. I said, this will do. And I walked into the dojo. There's a guy behind the counter called Johnny. And I walked in and said, hey, what do I need to do to be a karate champ? <laughs> and he told me after, yes, Pete, I just rolled my eyes when I went back in the office and said, man, there's this crazy kid out here. You know, because I was big. You got this crazy big kid out here who wants to become a karate champ. You know, they're kind of laughing at me. He goes, Turn up at six o'clock. So I turn up at six o'clock. 
and uh, something happened. I started doing those punches, and I thought, "This is it. This is this is pretty simple. All I got to do is work harder than everyone else." And I got it. And I thought, "Okay, all I need to do is turn up." And at that time, I started. I had a job, so I had a bit of money, and I had a stable place because I was just about to turn 18. Uh, and once you turn 18, uh, they, you, you know, unless uh, they, you can stay in one place for a longer time. Unless you're, you know, there's a few other rules and regulations and stuff. Your parents can sign papers and let you stay somewhere, but mine didn't. And that was it. I thought, and I was 17. I thought, if I don't do this now, I'm going to miss the boat. I started karate and punched and kicked and screamed all the way to the K1 Grand Prix. <laughs> and it was, and it was a desire to be better than what I was. And I would, I would do anything. I'd go in every tournament. Uh, I would I'd take anything. I used to go through all the magazines, look for tournaments, go into them. But it was that desire to be better than what I was. I found out now, this is my lovely wife, that what, you know, being famous is great, but having that, having a family is a million times better. But it's exciting because that same way, that drive and that, that you know, that, uh, perseverance that was needed to get to where I was was happened from two reasons. One is I really didn't want to be there. And two, I really wanted to get somewhere else. Turns out the final goal was a little different, which was fun. But it but it set me up. And it's 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 awesome. It's a it's a wonderful feeling to know that I have that part of my life figured out completely. How to be a success in whatever it is I choose to do. And and it works for everyone if they want if, if they want to, you know, be uh, honest to themselves. Some people don't. First off, I mean, love your story. That, that's inspiring stuff. How would you, what would you say to martial artists in general now? You've, you've got, um, I mean, you've got really extensive knowledge, um, experience in, you know, in, in the fighting arena. And I know a lot of martial art, artists do, but maybe some people have forgotten where they were at. Maybe they've gotten a bit complacent. What advice would you give to martial artists, martial arts school owners now in this climate and navigating through the obstacles? Super simple. Treat yourself as a white belt. You've just walked in, first day on the mat. What was that thing that said, this is for me? Learn, 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 learn. And, and say, know that you're going to make mistakes. All the things that we tell a white belt, all the people who walk in that have never done anything before, you know, that open-mindedness that you tell them to have, we have to have now. Learn and be desperate. Don't be afraid to ask questions. It's okay. We're all in the same boat. Ask questions. Hey, how did you do this? How did you do that? Can you help me with this? I'll help you. If I find out, I'll help you. So, you know, ask yourself the right questions. you get the right answer. And nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing beats hard work. What's hard work? Just do it. Write down a list of things you could possibly do, a list of things, a list of people you could talk to, but things that are going to make things better. Ask yourself the right question. That, that's it. Hard work, discipline, sticking to the program. Although the final goal might change a little bit, you've got to start with something. You know, I, I want to be here at the end of this coronavirus. I want to have a dojo. And I want to be able to open the doors the day that we're allowed to. That, that's my goal. And I'd like to have a little bit of money. 
Love it. And if we, if we get there and it says, I'm going to have a lot of money and a great online business and everyone rushes back into my dojo because they're super pumped to come back, even better. Preparation meets opportunity. That's good luck. The lack of preparation, well, the opportunity comes, you'll, you'll get popped. With a fight, it's, you know, straight away. In business, it can be, you know, a three-month lag. So work hard now and in three months, you're in with a chance of being there. You can't guarantee it. No guarantees your business is going to be here, nor mine or anyone else's. But you're going to give yourself a better chance if you train or work as hard as you can. Awesome. Hey, Peter, thanks so much for taking the time to hang out. Look forward to having a few more cool conversations with you. If anybody wants to reach out to you and connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, Just jump on my Facebook, Uh, Peter Graham. There's a picture of me. by all means, shoot me through some messages uh, and I'll try to get back to as many people as possible. But thanks, George. I really appreciate talking to you uh, and thank you for all the help you're giving me as well. Doing a great job. You're welcome. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks so much, Peter. I'll speak to you soon. Awesome. Thanks for listening. If you want to connect with other top smart martial arts school owners and have a chat about marketing, lead generation, what's working now, and or just have a a gentle rant about things that are happening in the industry, then I want to invite you to join our Facebook group. It's a private Facebook group, and in there I share a lot of extra videos and downloads and worksheets, things that are working for us when we work, help school owners grow, and share a couple of video interviews and a bunch of cool extra resources. So uh, it's called the Martial Arts Media Community, and an easy way to access it is if you just go to the domain name martialartsmedia.group. So martialartsmedia.group, G-R-O-U-P. Uh, there's no .com or anything, martialartsmedia.group. That will take you straight there. Uh, request to join and I will accept your invitation. Thanks. I'll speak to you on the next episode. Cheers. We'll conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening. If you need help building your martial arts school, check out martialartsmedia.com.